it would reduce my stress level because all day I'm thinking, gee, I've got a email Rick to remind him about tomorrow's appointment. So I've got that thought in the back of my head. Hey everyone, welcome to Brand Therapy. You know, this call is about automation. And I'm starting to think that because you start every podcast with, hey, welcome to Brand Therapy, maybe we should just record that and repeat it every time. (laughs) (laughs) Oh boy, we should, but I'm going to do it manually right now. I'm Phil Palin. And I'm Lauren Moore. We are brand strategists. You're hanging out with us today on a podcast and it's an episode that is definitely one you don't want to miss. Why don't we want to miss it, Lauren? You don't like when I put you on the spot, do you? No. Well, this conversation is one that is beneficial for anyone that has a growing business. We call another country, first of all. Yeah, it doesn't feel like another country, but it is. Our home and native land. We are calling Canada to speak with an amazing woman who has a growing business. Growing businesses are exciting, but also we sometimes get in the way of that growth with ourselves. And this is a classic example of that. It's so hard to remember that when you hear about someone who's like, I'm an entrepreneur, I'm starting my own business. They're not just like being visionary people, putting their, getting funding and moving their company forward. They're actually like the accountants. They're the janitors. They're the secretaries. And a lot of times you're wearing many, many, many hats. And Jill's business is very successful, but she's been wearing a lot of hats. The key word, the theme of today is automate. You're going to see this word come up quite often in our discussion that you're about to listen to, and I hope that it inspires you to make some changes with your business. Are we ready? I think we're ready. Here's our conversation with Jill. I'm an interior designer. I focus on mid to high-end residential homes. I often uh, do a lot of uh, new builds, renovations, and decorating as well, meaning purchasing uh, furniture, artwork, accessories, and um, doing great. What are some of the projects that are keeping you busy now? And what, most importantly, what are you excited about? What do you love about your job? Well... Uh, yesterday I met two new clients. One was a gal that needed a kitchen renovation. So that was super. But the next client in the afternoon I met is a, um, he's a rock producer and he has a fabulous multi-million dollar home, but it's a few updates and it needs furniture. And the guy is incredible, and he's basically giving me carte blanche. He wants me to come up with a proposal. That's so, so awesome. I noticed on yeah. your website <laughs> that you've got um, language like our, and you just said we. Are you involved with every project and every client, or do you have a team that helps you? I do have a, a trades team. So if we do need somebody to build a new house or if we need tilers or hardwood floor finishers, I've got an A team and then I've also kind of got a B team too. And I also had to do a little bit of 
a rendering for somebody who wants to see what the finished project will look like. So technically, there's just one of me running the show, but I've sourced out a lot of great people to come along and do what they do best. Gil, and I know this world from having worked with many interior designers. It's a very difficult industry and space. Not only are people having Mm -hmm. to pay for the furniture, but they're also paying, obviously, for your service. So it is, you Mm -hmm. you know, not everyone can hire an interior designer, although some people might argue that actually most people can, you know. But um, I want to know, you've grown your business well. Something is working. Why are people hiring you? What's your logic behind that? Why is it working for you? I try and keep my website to be approachable. It's my job to help people. And I'm absolutely passionate about helping people. So many people are affected by their environment. And by environment, I mean not only the outside, but the inside of their home as well, whether they're renting an apartment, owning a dream home, maybe they've inherited a home from, from mom and dad. Whatever they have, I want to make that truly theirs. And I can work from basically any budget. And for some people, like you mentioned, that maybe uh, have a a smaller budget, I also do online services. And that's a little bit of of a cost savings there. We could still do great work, but that way I try and be approachable and have options for everybody. I can vouch for that. And actually, it really inspired me when we met to revamp, which you helped mm. me revamp, you know, the layout and the furniture and to commit to an aesthetic. And actually, the branding guy really got behind my brand because I rejigged my living space to live and breathe that. And it really helped give me that kind of clarity. I, I love also how early on you were to to rock that kind of new development in terms of services, being able to work remotely, being able to take on clients abroad. I think some designers were hesitant to commit to the ability to actually work remotely, whereas you really kind of embraced it and welcomed opportunities to do that, which I think is kind of cool. Yes. I even had a client in uh, Thailand, and he was just fantastic. And we would email back and and pictures. And then I just, I also had a client in Dubai and I learned to work with even paint colors. Of course, not everybody sells Benjamin Moore or Sherwin-Williams, but uh, Dulux is a worldwide brand. So that kind of opened my eyes about, you know, what what, uh, furniture brands, what paint color brands can be sourced globally. And uh, so that was exciting for me to find that out too. Jill, what you're doing is clearly working. You've got lots of really like awesome clients and great opportunities. What do you want your business to be three or even five years from now? Well, I think I'm at the, the point now where I really do need an assistant. So once I uh, get to that, it's a little bit uh, difficult because I'm a very uh, hands-on kind of guy. I would love to be able to hire somebody full-time and still oversee things, but uh, this would hopefully allow me to grow a little bit more and possibly even advance more into uh, commercial interior design. I just finished a a 20,000-square-foot community center, and that was my first go at commercial, and I quite liked it. 
So hopefully in three to five years, I can maybe expand into that sort of a thing. What are some of the biggest challenges that you're finding? And I think this is hearing this out from, you know, from your career is useful, not only for designers that are listening, but people in a lot of different careers. What are the biggest challenges you're facing day to day? Well, uh, believe it a lot or not, a lot of it is from the interior design shows on TV. A lot of clients like to watch them, and I do too. A lot of them are fantastic. But some of them give out uh, poor ideas or things that will not pass building code. So when I see a client, she says, well, I saw this staircase. I'd love to have it. And then I say, well, no, you've got to have, you know, only a a, a four-inch sphere. Nothing larger than that can pass between the spindles. So they have it in their head, I want to do this gorgeous staircase. And then I have to come in and say, no, that, that won't work. So that is a bit of a challenge is changing people's mindsets. And uh, I'm very grateful when they call me in and ask so I could say things like that won't match code. So that's probably my biggest challenge is combating uh, some of the educational uh, things that are that are uh, misinforming people. Jill, this is really speaking to me. I love HGTV and Joanna Gaines from Fixer Upper is like, yeah, like my world. And yeah. <laughs> I, I feel like like be, from watching these shows, it's funny because I feel like I'm learning about the real world and I'm learning about what it would be like to decorate or, you know, buy, renovate a house. And I feel prepared whenever I'm ready to do that. But I mean, I imagine it's probably like a pretty rude awakening for people. And especially the budgets too are always a whole nother thing than what's shown on TV. But, you know, the good thing about these kind of shows, too, is it does open up other people's minds about, hey, what's it like to work with an interior designer? And, yeah, I've seen these interior designers on the shows with, uh, you know, renovating. So maybe it's a little bit of pros and cons with that, too. Jill, how are people finding you right now? Is it primarily through your website? Is it social media? How are people finding you and those people that you're converting to clients? Yes, uh, primarily the website. A lot of Google searches, you know, interior designer in blank city or online interior designer. So that's where the bulk of uh, this comes. I've uh, got... Google Webmaster, and so I can find out where people are coming from, where they're, what keyword searches that they're using. And I am quite a bit on social media, but so far it's been just the website that's been the really big, big draw. Maybe I have to look into uh, doing something different about social media to up my game too. Well, your game is pretty good, but we should talk about all of this today. We'll talk about your website and your social media because I'm I'm very conscious of your goal. You said at the top of the episode that you want to hire someone full-time. That's going to require even more inbound uh, and outbound interactions to get those inquiries turned into customers. And I know people listening, even having heard a few minutes of you, you come across as someone that's very trusting and and someone that's easy to work with and understanding and patient. And so my goal Uh here is that by the end of this conversation, we leave you with some actionable steps that you'll be able to, you know, have even more client work that will get you faster that moment 
still a scary moment to hire your first full-time employee. We can talk about that too, because I also know that feeling. But let's get you to that point where that becomes a reality. Wonderful. I love it. So I'm looking on your site and you've got all these online services that are great. And I love that you have set prices and set hours and that's it's like a menu, which is fantastic. Do people email you and then you separately invoice them and they pay you through a different payment gateway or walk us through that process? Yes. So usually what they do, I've got on my website, either a contact form or my email address. And it's about 50-50 whether they use the contact form or my email address. Either is fine. And usually uh, after I get their email, I've got a two-page document that shows who we are, how we work, and uh, what the next steps are. And I email that out. And then we we pick a date. Uh, I go there, do the uh, two-hour consultation, and then at the end, usually because I am very trusting, I've never been burned on this before, I then go back to my office and then I email and they will uh, I'll send them an invoice and then and they'll pay by, usually by e-transfer nowadays, sometimes they'll mail a check, but uh, so that's entered into my bookkeeping system and it seems to work great for them. Great. I'm all about automation these days. Like we've been kind of trying to research and find ways to make things more and more and more and more efficient so that we're not, our team isn't tied up sending quotes and invoicing and instead is um, doing our work instead of doing that kind of um, housekeeping stuff. Have you ever looked at automating emails? So if someone emails a specific address wanting to a specific service, they'll automatically get that two-page description and automatically be able to fill in the questionnaire and you don't even have to touch it? Oh, my. That would be a godsend. Yeah, there are lots of um, like easy, easy ways where you could even set up like tons of tools online where you could set up just one email address where all the inquiries go. And then that way, it's just happening and people are signing up and you don't even have to be involved. Okay. Uh, oh, boy, that's perfect. I didn't even know that that service existed. That would sure save me a lot of time. I'd absolutely love to get on board with doing that. Hey, Dalton. How's it going? Hey, Susan. I'm pretty good. How are you? I'm great. I'm listening to this amazing podcast with Phil and that that charming lady, Lauren, and I really wish I could be a guest, but shucks, I'm really shy. What should I do? Oh, no, that's not a problem at all. Phil and Lauren, they're so great that they offer this this service. It's called a brand audit that they do every day with clients around the world. Oh, my gosh. I could talk with Lauren for 90 minutes. That would be amazing. Privately. Just you guys and Phil sometimes. Dream come true. Okay. Anyway, my like Susan mask is coming up. (laughs) Guys, we offer the brand audit as an actual 90-minute consultation. If you are interested in getting one-on-one attention from Phil and myself and Dalton... Dalton comes on too. Yeah, special request. Special request. <laughs> um, just visit philpallon.expert slash therapy and you, listener, get a special 15% off that you can't find anywhere else. Nowhere else. Do it. After you finish listening to this episode, go and do it. That's perfect. I didn't even know that that service existed. That would sure save me a lot of time. I'd absolutely love to get on board with doing that. 
These are the things that we get excited about, Jill, because this was a, this, I was, I almost said was, but this is a reality for us as I sit here and stare across at Lauren, because the mentality here that you have to adopt is, oh my gosh, it's not just my time anymore. Now, every minute that you spend billing affects more than just you, it affects that new employee you're about to hire. You know, it's like, it's additional responsibility, right? It's like, how can we maximize the hours that are billable, but not just from a sense of making more money, but from a sense of doing what you love to do and starting to explore how do we automate and how do we scale? That's really the art. That's great because you can't bill for this sort of time when you're responding back to prospective clients. So that's really your, your, your time is out. You, you can't bill for that. So this is super idea. I love it. And I don't, I never know how to pronounce things. I read too much, but I don't speak enough. So it's like, it's, I think it's, is it Zapier or Zapier? Zapier? Phil's nodding. Okay. It's um, Zapier. They're, I, I'm just kind of starting to dabble with it, but basically they create tools, like automated tools for everything. So from what I gather, you could say, when an when this email address gets, you know, an email with this subject line, automatically send an email back here and load that name into this spreadsheet. And so you could also kind of keep track of all of the inquiries who maybe haven't filled out the questionnaire yet and would just automatically go to a spreadsheet. I, I can think of countless ways where you could speed that process up for yourself. So So you're actually spending time making money instead of doing, you know, kind of boring things like that. Yeah. That would be great because, yes, when they do fill out the contact form, I get more information from them about, you know, what what needs to be done. Is it a bedroom? Is it a living room? Is it a, a new build? So if we could get something especially to encourage them to fill out a detailed contact form, that would be incredibly helpful. We have a general rule around here, Jill, that if we do something three times or more, then we have to automate it. So even from, you know, for example, Lauren sending an email that says, we begin all working relationships with a brand audit, which we do, rather than typing that, you know, every single time, save it as a template or better yet beyond a template, save it as an automated reply, you know, that so essentially it removes your human element required to make it happen. It, I will say that it, it requires a little bit of time. Lauren mentioned Zapier. There's also a competing service called IFTTT. If this, then that. They both function in the same way. Each one has different uh, plugins for different services and softwares. But it's worth it to carve out time in your schedule to explore these two tools to figure out, okay, how does this integrate with services you're already using? For example, Zendesk. For example, Slack, Evernote, Gmail. You know, there's all different kinds. Twitter, there's all different kinds of, what would you call them, formulas or... um I can't remember what they're called on on if this then that. Like yeah, basically you um it's worth spending the time to explore the different options to figure out what can I take in my day and automate so that it allows you to spend more time doing what you do best and what you love and what makes you money. Brilliant. Brilliant. Love it. Yeah, I'm actually going through this process as Phil mentioned. We're doing this ourselves and I am when I do a task, I have trained myself now to actually, once it's the third time I'm doing it, I go, oh, needs to be added to the list. And I have this running list of problems that I need to solve and automate. But it's it's great because 
it also enlightens you on different inefficiencies that normally you're like, oh, it just takes two minutes. But actually those two minutes add up every single day and you end up losing like like 10 hours of time over a year. Um, yes. And there's also another, there's another thing that I was thinking of. Oh, okay. There's um a site called Process Street that I love and they send out these newsletters and every newsletter they send makes me drool because it's just got such goodness in it. But they're all about efficiency and they're actually all about scaling. And in your case, I think it would be especially valuable to subscribe to their newsletters because they give tips on how to position your business to scale so that when an employee does come on your team, you're not wasting time training them and getting them up to speed and they won't be overwhelmed trying to learn how things are done. It's all referenced and all in a checklist. And so I would definitely recommend checking them out too. Yes. Was that called Process Street? Yep, that's right. Or I should say Process because you're in Canada. Okay. Sorry. <laughs> a process, right? <laughs> well, we're close to the border here, so we're kind of we can go either way. While you guys have been talking, I pulled up if this, then that. Lauren, you mentioned Zapier. I tend to use IFTT a little bit more, but I thought for fun I would share some of the most popular applets they call. I couldn't remember the name a second ago, but it's called an applet when you partner two services together and and use this service as a way to create an action. So the name is smart, IFTTT, because it's if this, then that. So when this service identifies something that happens, it triggers an action. So here are a few examples of how people are automating very simple things day to day. For example, you could partner, you could um, create an applet for Instagram and Twitter. So you could tweet your Instagrams as native photos on Twitter every single time you post on Instagram. So you don't have to do it manually. You could, if you use Spotify, automatically create a Discover Weekly archive. Or if you use that Alexa thing with Amazon, you could sync your right. Amazon Alexa to-dos with your reminders. You could get the weather forecast every day at 7 a.m. I mean, I'm just like literally reading a few that are popular. There's The possibilities are endless. It's kind of daunting because you could start to automate everything. But maybe we start to think, what could Jill automate day to day? What could you automate? Any ideas right away, Jill? And we'll start to kind of create a little list that'll be useful for you. Yeah, that's great. Well, yeah, the initial inquiry, love that. If that goes to a special email and then if I can automate that, if I can automate sending out uh, that contact form, showing people how to, to fill that out. I Sometimes I get emails in regards to online uh, interior design and how that works. I, uh, a little animated video and I figure out how to get that uh, onto my website. But if I could add that into some sort of an automation saying, well, here's a quick one minute little video showing you how online interior design works. That would be another thing I could do is I have a, a 15 step process where I go by that uh, each consultation happens in, in this, the flow goes in 15 steps. I could send out, here's the 15 steps. Here's what we start with, blah, blah, blah. This is what we finish with. You end up getting a full binder showing all the, uh, everything that we've purchased, the paint colors, that sort of thing. So maybe we could automate something like that too, because that, like Lauren said, is something that I do again 
So Jill, when you do those 15 steps, do you have a template in place or do you find that sometimes you repeat answers between clients? And you can, you can be uh, honest. I do now. I've made up. Yeah. <laughs> Everyone likes I've, to think they're uh, getting things custom from scratch. So That's true. Yeah. <laughs> I made up a, a, a PDF. Sometimes I do cut and paste wording from that and put that into an email as well. So maybe we could do that. And that does sound more customized to, to the certain people, certain clients. I'm also thinking, well, there are two things and I, I'm bringing these up because these are um, like discoveries near and dear to my heart. With scheduling any type of meeting or call, are you doing that manually right now? Oh, yes, I am. Oh, gosh. Exactly. Okay. <laughs> Let's change that. So there are lots of um, scheduling services out there where you can say, okay, here's a link for this service that's two hours long. I want a buffer, an hour before a buffer, an hour after. Um, the one that we like using is called Calendly. And I think it's just a small monthly fee, if even. But it's cool because we can set up a call day and we'll say, okay, Tuesday is our intro call day. The call length is 15 minutes long. If my calendar or Phil's calendar shows either of us is busy, it will not show that available time to someone when they're scheduling. And on top of it, when they schedule, you can make mandatory um, fields for them to fill out. Like they have to include their email address. They have to include their phone number. And you can even, even the most exciting thing is that you can send reminders to go out to them 24 hours before the meeting. Um, that oh, reminds my them. Goodness. Yes. Oh my gosh. It's going to save you hours because it, it, it saved us hours. And we, you can create different types of events and links for different types of things. So our intro calls 15 minutes. If someone is booking a brand audit with us, there's a 90 minute one and there's more availability because we're paid for those instead of the intro calls. So you could come up and kind of almost segment your services and add a buffer of travel time on either side of it and you'd be set. Oh, this is why I love hiring you guys. You come up with all these ideas that I had no idea about. This is going to save me so much time, especially with setting up appointments. And I have to take time out of my schedule the day before to say, just a reminder, I'll see you tomorrow at one. And I want to confirm your address and this sort of thing. Oh, this is fantastic. You guys are rocking my world right now. Yay. Well, we get excited about it too, because we can relate to this. And with any growing business, you've got to find those moments to automate and position yourself for scale. It would be a shame if you didn't because there's such a huge opportunity, Jill. Look at how your business has grown. Just imagine when you optimize your time, you know, every extra minute you get in the moment, it doesn't seem like it's that big or that important. Or sure, I'll just send this email or I'll just do this repeat exercise. Take a few extra minutes, create a process for it. And oh my gosh, when you tally up that time that you save for yourself at the end of the year, it would astonish you. I can only imagine. And I would add to that it would reduce my stress level because all day I'm thinking, gee, I've got to email Rick to remind him about tomorrow's appointment. So I've got that thought in the back of my head all day or sometimes all week. So if I automate it, oh my goodness, that would free up even more time and more, you know, a little less stress. Definitely. And there's, there's another service too that you should know about. I use Boomerang, Phil uses Mixmax, but it's an email scheduler. 
So let's say that you need to you need to email someone in three days, but you're going to be really busy over those next three days and your only day is now. And let's say it's not something that could be automated because it's a custom or a specialized email. You can actually schedule for that email to send at whatever time you want. So it's really cool because you can... In, if you don't want people to know that you're working on the weekend, you could schedule all emails to go out on Mondays. Or you could, for me, if I'm working late and I want people to instead think that I'm a morning person, I will send the, schedule the email for 6.07 a.m., which I do all the time. So people think I'm, I'm awake and working instead of sleeping. Uh, so it, it takes off a lot of pressure because you're still checking things off of your to-do list, but you have a bit more control over when that ripple effect happens of someone like checking your your email and contacting you. Well, that's that's great because, again, my husband is often working at night. So sometimes I'm working at night, but I don't want my clients to know that. So this way I could write up the email and send it, but use Boomerang to have it come out, like you said, at six in the morning or something. And I'll think, yeah, she's up and early, up and <laughs> awake, working away here early. <laughs> A real go-getter. Okay, cool. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'm so excited, Jill, for you to go and get automating. We're going to let you go and do that. But maybe just share, what's your first action item going to be on this little list we've drafted today? What are you going to do next? Oh, my goodness. Set up that auto, auto, the auto email. I'm going to set up a new email address and put that in my website and then set up the auto responder. And uh, that's the very first thing I'm going to do. And next, I'm going to use Boomerang so I can work at 11 o'clock at night and, and have it look like it's going out at six in the morning. Perfect. Perfect. And don't forget Calendly too, because that's going to save you a and lot of scheduling time. Oh, oh you guys are so so helpful. Oh my goodness. I feel so happy. I feel so relieved and I'm just so excited about, yes, absolutely. This is time savers, but to me, just getting the, the stress out of your head and that to-do list and getting all this stuff taken care of just will, you know, help me relax a little bit more and, and enjoy my downtime. Thank you so much for your kind words. Again, promise we didn't pay her to say that. Uh, but Jill, yeah. thank you. Yeah, thank you. And we look forward to chatting with you soon. Can you imagine dealing with clients, running your own business, trying to eventually scale, but then also having lingering over your head like, Got to send a reminder about this meeting. I'm sure you can imagine because that was your life for a long time. Ugh, it's still like kind of is. I'm trying to get out of it, but but hopefully Jill can learn from our issues because it's it's like alive and well in our world. It's fun to talk about automation because once you figure out that formula, it's a game changer. Yeah, I'll never forget when you showed me Calendly. I was like, Hold, what? People can schedule a time at whatever whatever availability you decide to give them, it's incredible. And you think in the moment that it doesn't really make a difference, but can you imagine us not using Calendly? I mean, it's funny, we're telling Jill about Calendly and she actually used it to sign up for this interview on our podcast. I didn't even realize that. That's so meta. So meta. I know. So um, what are your, we're by no means 
super experts in automation. I want to know from you, what have you automated in your business? What have you found most useful? Make sure you send us a tweet at Phil Palin. At the Lauren Moore. And use hashtag brand therapy to jump into the conversation that's happening. We love, love, love when you guys send us a tweet. We also love when you find us on iTunes and subscribe. And we love when you download our cool exercises. This week's a really good one. This one is all about automating your business using Zapier or If This Then That to automate your business. Go to philpallon.expert. Not.com. Slash therapy to get the notes. And uh, thanks for hanging out with us. I think that wraps this episode of Brand Therapy. We'll see you back next week. See you later. And here's a little preview of our next episode. How can I make this more of a viable source of income for me, kind of doing what I love? 